All right, baby. This is unapologetically <laughs> raw. My first, my last. Episode one ish. You know what I mean? One and a half. That other one was three, actually. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Today's topic, mental illness. And we might talk about a little bit of cannabis. Quick disclaimer. Our goal with this podcast is to be real and honest about our life experiences, opinions, and stories. We're going to share, laugh, and probably be a little stoned. One thing, good or bad, is that we will be raw. We're not counselors or experts, just two folks with stories to tell and and a lot of shit to say. I'm your host, Marvell, and my co-host is... Marcella. And before we get into the topic today, I'd like to ask, what's going on with you? I'm a little stoned, first off. That makes two of us. <laughs> We're playing a little hooky, so I'm feeling a little naughty, and uh, that is okay. That's all right. That's all right. I'm not going to feel bad about it. What you smoking on? You know, so I've been looking for the strain fruit punch. It's my favorite. It's my happiest, and I, it's so hard to find. So I found these other ones. I think they're Mango Punch, and it's by Little Lefties. They're pre-rolls. Okay. They were really good last time, but they rolled, and they're rolled in Keef. Oh. So they have Keef dust. Yeah, they're no joke. Um, But they've been lighting really crappy. You know how it bleeds up one side, and then the filter's been off, so I'm not too happy with them. But it got me there today. That's what's up. (laughs) that's all that matters (laughs) because we're going to talk about you know mental illness and and then we'll talk about cannabis so we're not just debbie downers you know right right we're gonna mix it up well you know i'm sure there'll be a lot of shit in between absolutely because you know cannabis has a wide range of uses and uh (laughs) especially on a podcast (laughs) exactly exactly how are you What's going on with you? Oh, man. I tell you, it's work. Work, more, and more work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got you to gotta make time for that work-life balance. And that's what I'm doing right now, balancing. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I dig it. So, this mental illness thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people out there know what it is and yet people are shy to talk about it won't talk about it in some circles because you know there's a stigma of course um of course so why why did you want to talk about this topic well it's personal to me because you know i i suffered i still suffer from it and um therefore you know i i take medication not ashamed to admit that, but you know, hey, I had to get some help, and uh, that's what you do whenever you yeah. uh, run into issues mentally and whatnot. But um, yeah, I've I've had some rough motherfucking times, man. I had um, you know some some childhood trauma, you know, and you you couple that off with some 
with 20 years of military experience and boy, you know what goes along with that. So, yeah. yeah. So, so do you have uh, PTSD? Yes. Yes. That is something that I suffer from and it is not something that you can get rid of. It's, it's with you. It's like a, it's like a new best friend. So it's something you work through. Exactly. It sticks with you. You You just got to work with it. Kind of goes in our, our topic of cannabis, and maybe we'll do another segment. Um, I know I talked about it in my previous podcast, is what cannabis is doing for veterans. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm guessing since we're stoned, <laughs> it's been helpful for you. Yes, yes. It, it, like I said, it has a wide range of uses. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, um, absolutely. It works. It works. It works for pain. It works for all kinds of things. So, yeah. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I had an aha moment about a year ago dealing with my childhood trauma and the fact that I can't relax. Hmm. And if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have said, no, I'm a relaxed person because I really didn't realize how stressed or anxious and you know with childhood trauma some people are um like i always need to feel useful so i'm always up sweeping or you know doing something so it's really hard for me to relax so cannabis has helped me with that you know realizing what that trauma is what it does why i'm the way that i am and um it's helped me sleep more than six and a half hours for the first time ever and that's that's great. Ain't, ain't, yeah. ain't nothing better than, than getting a, a good night's rest. And it, yeah, it's so important. So basically, what we're telling you, audience, is we like marijuana, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so you know, what do you think some of the causes of um, you know some mental illnesses are? Well, I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about it was um, I have it all over my family. Um, My father, well, both my parents are narcissistic and are on uh, some type of medication. Um, Both very, you know, the world's against me. I don't have their full, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they've ever been diagnosed, but my father's mom was known as the crazy lady in town Mm. and she was beautiful but she was crazy and that stigma stuck on my father so he had this mistrust of women and uh you know you couple that with his depression and he's just this negative negative person so i have it there i have a grandfather who was an alcoholic who suffered from severe anxiety but in the 40s they don't know about anxiety there's no there's no way they would ever address that or talk about that. Mm. Um, and you know, he suffered with alcoholism Mm. and him and my grandma were very toxic. You know, she was mad. He drank and he drank because she was mad. So, uh, you know, and then I, uh, I have a nephew who's bipolar. Um, and you know, that's just been, and he joined the military, went to war, came back a mess from, you know, both, 
Um, and he's probably been in 13 different rehabs. He's probably been in jail over a hundred times. You know, it's, so I've seen it. I've dealt with it. I have a really good friend who's homeless in Seattle, who, when we worked together, she was making a quarter of a million dollars a year. And going through that, figuring out when she's talking numbers and weird stuff, what she's going through, seeing her, you know, go through all her mental stuff. And um, last I heard, she was homeless. So I've seen it. You know, I've, I've been close to it. I'm fortunate, very fortunate and blessed that I am really happy. <laughs> I've always been a happy, positive person. Not that I don't get down and I don't get bitchy, but um, I feel very happy about that. But I'm aware of it, and I think we all need to talk about it. And, you know, it's in our homeless, it's in our prisons, it's in our hospitals, it's in our homes. Um, we should talk about it just like we talk about breast cancer or anything else. Sure. Yeah. It's a miracle that I'm even, uh, I'm even here speaking. You know, yeah. Just, just because, you know... The childhood trauma growing up black and if you're in my generation then you grew up with uh with parents who believed in corporal punishment and uh whatever form or shape that took for you you know for most people it was you know you know you get spanked with a no let me scratch that you you get whooped with a belt and not just a belt but like belt buckle and you couple that with a switch, which is, let me define switch for, for most people who don't know what that is. Oh, I know. It's a tree limb. <laughs> I had to pick my own. <laughs> exactly. Tree limb, you know, your mom, so you go, go out there and get me a switch. And you had to go out there and pick your switch. And me, mm -hmm. because, you know, I know how that shit feels. You know, I try to pick the, the least, lightest. lightest <laughs> Stem of a switch the I can hollow, find. The hollow branch. <laughs> yeah, but don't get no, don't make the mistake and get a young, get you know, get a one with like new growth on it, because that shit like it feels like a whip, because you got them leaves on the end of the corner. Oh, my God! I, oh, I know it well. I had a stepdad who uh, was a woodworker, and he uh, had us sit there while he carved our paddle, and it was two and a half inches thick, and he put a hole in the middle so the air would catch. Mm. And I think we, that's when we lived in a Harley Davidson shop. I know that sounds crazy. That's a whole nother story, but we left the warehouse door open. So we got in trouble. So he got to use that new paddle. Well, my sister peed every time he got near her. So <laughs> I had to bend over and grab my ankles and woo, I, I saw stars, but I didn't cry. And he was so pissed that I didn't cry that he broke that paddle and I never saw it again. Jesus. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, I know the, the but, that was, but, but, you know, I mean, we're talking about mental illness, but you know, I follow a lot of generational things mm -hmm. and a, a lot of people talk about the fact that our parents weren't, didn't have emotional intelligence for us. You know, we were never, we were outside, we were gone, we did our own thing, we fended for ourselves. I yep. mean, I, I don't want to speak for you, I don't know if it was, you know, I, 
I was gone from sun up till, and I had a mom who worked nights, so we got ourselves ready. So that that term is called latchkey kids, and yes, yeah. I was one of those. Yeah. Okay, I was one of those too. So, and you know, I don't know about you, but I would walk a mile or so. Yeah. So, I've seen some shit. I've been chased, <laughs> harassed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I sometimes with the corporal punishment thing, not to give them an excuse at all, but it seemed like that parenting at that time was either hands off or too hands on when it came to punishment. Well, you know, growing up with it, I didn't understand why, you know, no. we, we were punished that way. And But, you know, later on in life, after you, you know, learn a little bit of history and you, and you dig into your family's past and you, you know, speaking about mine in particular, um, you know, my, my ancestors, you know, were slaves. They were enslaved people. And... Uh, they would engage in this type of uh, punishment, not for reasons that we would think that they would do it. They would, they, it was done basically to protect you because if the slave owner were to punish you, then it would likely result in death. So it was, uh, it was incumbent on the, the, the parent to discipline the child in that manner, which is to say that, you know, you, you, you wouldn't end up um, being punished by, by the uh, slave master and, and, and getting killed. So that mentality was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And um, really not knowing the history behind why. It's just what it was. You you ask you ask a parent today why they why they whoop their children, they wouldn't be able to tell you. It's just because it's always how that's how that's how I punish my. I mean that's how I was raised. That would be the typical answer you would get. But scientifically, it would um, this type of behavior would be called an appropriate response. And I'm I'm doing this to save my child. I'm doing this because I love my child and I don't want to see my child taken from me. And yeah. uh, so that was the, the rational, the rationale behind, behind that. That being said, you know, that takes a mental toll on, on a person. Generation oh, yeah. after I generation mean, I've, after generation. I've had some African-American girlfriends who I've had this conversation with. Mm -hmm. And I've seen them be very strong with their kids. Not, mm -hmm. not, I'm not going to say abusive, but just, and I remember a couple of them told me the same thing is, you know, they might be the only black children in public. They need to behave. There's going to be enough stigma. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or look. And <laughs> that's where. Lord help me for saying this. That's where sometimes with my people, <laughs> it's the opposite where I see these kids running around and, you know, it's maybe because they're drinking out of Mexican little Coke bottles, you know, at the age of two. And I'm thinking, oh, my people, 
we have a stigma already. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and that, and maybe that I'm just one of the few people that think that way, but the last thing I wanted was my kids running around acting a fool. And that's the, you know, that represents us. Sure. You know, and I've, I've been in situations where I've seen the little boy almost kick his mom talking back to her. And I would think, just give me five minutes with that kid. (laughs) Not to say I'd get a switch and beat the shit out of him. No, you know what? In my neighborhood, that was not uncommon to be whipped by the neighbor. Hey, I feel bad. I had a very strong second daughter who was mouthy. And I honestly can't say I haven't smacked her, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple times. And I feel bad, you know, thinking about that now. um, You know, how, how did I expect that to be effective? But like you mentioned earlier you kind of see that come down generational oh you didn't mess with my grandma she was four nine but she'll put her foot in your ass if you got out of line and even she she uh, i took care of her the last two years of her life and even on a walker i remember i got she was she was using her walker and i got smart with her because you know here i was taking care of her 24 7 but she loved men and she loved my husband so she would constantly say how wonderful he was taking care of her. And I finally said, I'm the one wiping your butt. <laughs> and she gave me this look and I went, sorry, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. come on, she's on a walker, but you know what? I don't know. She moved like a ninja. <laughs> I didn't want her in my room in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, Grandma, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was like that. It was like that. Because she would have me pick my switch. Oh, yeah. And and she would say, don't bring me bullshit. <laughs> oh, she, my, my mom would tell me, she said, go get me a switch. If it ain't to my standards, I'm going to go pick it, and I'm going to whoop you with the one you gave me and the one I picked. Oh, yeah, yep. And then, That's you know. Right. I would I would get my switch and 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 that was it you know I'd get my ass whipped you know and don't try to run don't try to run she had a backup for that so you know you you had to take that ass whooping and and be okay with it and just be done yeah yeah oh I I I remember I remember the backhand my mom was good at that. Oh yeah. My mom was. Yeah. A, she was deadly with a softball boy. Ooh. Yeah. I tried well, to mouth off there one time. Once, my mom went threw a fork down on the table, and it went up and landed in my thigh. Damn. I know, and I and it was funny because I was such a little teenage bitch that I just left it there. And she flipped out, and I just ate my food with with with, with the, the same fork that was stuck in. Wow! Like you know, I oh, I was such a little you know, I, a young angry Scorpio girl, good looking, too smart for her own good, and sarcastic as shit, which saved me so many times, uh, sexual assault wise. But that's a whole nother. 
but I this fork just stuck in my and she was like pull it out pull it out and I was like nope and I sat there with it as long as I could until I had to get up but she was so upset <laughs> and I had this little scar with two little dots for the longest time and then it went away hmm. well I still got scars from my childhood oh really oh, oh yeah wow. yeah I still got them so do you think it was mental illness? Did, did your, do you think it was just generational? Do you think it was a combination? Uh, well, you know, I, I did have an uncle who suffered from something. I don't know what it was, but he drank for it. He drank mm. and he smoked and he drank and he smoked a lot. So much so that it affected his health and, you know, he ended up passing away. Um, and, uh, but yeah, um, I, I I would say that uh, a portion uh, of of my family on my maternal side I, that I know for sure suffers from some form of mental illness, whether that be bipolarism or or whatever. Yeah, and bipolar. I mean, we could do a whole segment on that, but. You know, it's amazing, nearly 50 million or 19.86% of American adults experienced a mental illness in 2022. More than half of the adults with a mental illness did not receive treatment, which is really, really sad. 4.58% of those adults report having serious thoughts of suicide. And this has increased every year since 2012. Wow. I know. So, you know, it's, it's something that we do need to definitely uh, talk. And, you know, here's another trippy statistic. The states with the highest increase in suicidal idealization were Ohio, and I'm stoned, so I apologize for that word. Uh, um, <laughs> ideation. Were, yeah, were Ohio, Wyoming, and Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. Wow. Jesus. I know, so. What's going on in Ohio, Wyoming, and Pennsylvania? 10.6% or over 2.5 million youth in the U.S. have severe major depression. This rate was highest among youth who identify as more than one race at 14.5. I want over you know, six, it makes me wonder. I know. And that, we, that's a whole nother topic that you and I share that we can talk about over 60% of youth with major depression do not receive any mental illness or health treatment. Nearly one in three are going without treatment. That's pretty sad. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted, we wanted to talk about it, but I also wanted to share some statistics just to back up the fact of how prevalent it is and how important it is to talk about our youth are hurting. Yeah. And, you know, we lock people up and hope that they reform themselves miraculously, you know. Um, That's a whole you can't, different topic. You know, and it's a difficult thing because if if you have an emotional episode, you know, they can keep you for 72 hours or whatever, but you can't make someone stay and get help unless it's something pretty extreme. And, you know, on the flip side, then, of course, you don't want to just lock people up, which they have done in the past. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the whole. There needs to be something. Oh, well, I mean, just the, the, the penal system is not set up for, for therapy, for one. That's no, just not. No, not at all. It's just not set up for that. There's not 
there's no programs, or, or, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, you know somebody out there can, can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, our penal system does not have uh, is not designed to in such a way that it would would help someone uh, that has a a, a mental uh, episode or or any any form of treatment, uh, you know, from that at all. So well. If you, and you know what's worrisome and scary to me, and we've we've talked about, or we we might talk about it, is Kanye West. Not that there's a full diagnosis, but when you talk about bipolar, what's scary to me that you know, having seen it with my best friend, my nephew, is it's so hard to deal with someone who's bipolar. It's one thing to say I'm majorly depressed and deal with that. That's so difficult, also. But bipolar people feel euphoric. They feel godlike. They feel invincible, right? How, who thinks he's God? Kanye, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've seen it with my friend um, who's bipolar. You know, she took me to the airport, 125 mile an hour in her new jag, you know, <laughs> because she's invincible, you know, and how do you tell that person, hey, you have a problem. It isn't right to feel this good. Right. And if there's no rock bottom, like, you know, a celebrity with the money they have, you know, we've seen it with celebrities, Prince, sure. you know, drugs. I mean, how many people have we lost? Well, Michael, um, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Then it's, you know, it, it's hard to help them. And that's, that's even tougher. Because how do you convince someone who's euphoric and happy and thinks they're invincible that they need help? Well, I mean, when you have that kind of status, you know, you don't have, you don't have people around you. Uh, exactly. To, you have to, yes to, people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have, no, you have paid yes people. Right. And, you know, and they're just no, going to. But you also have to think what that does to your brain. Like, you know, if all of a sudden you walked out of this house and everybody wanted to know you and touch you and see you and everyone around you is telling you how wonderful you are and you're getting all the special treatment and you're getting whatever you need, what that must just, unless you're grounding yourself and you have that support system, can you imagine what that would just do to your head? <laughs> sure. No. And then, and then it goes away, right? You get older or maybe, you know, you, you don't take that TV show anymore. And, and then no one talks to you. No yeah. one has anything to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then what then? I mean, you know. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you typically see that with, with child actors as well when they well, grow up. Yes. Um, yeah. and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. Um, yeah, it's scary, you yeah. know, I mean, when you hear stories of Drew Barrymore and, you know, um, others and, and, you know, like, uh, I remember hearing something about Britney Spears and it was like, when she started hitting it big, her, her mom went home. Mm. She spent all her time with handlers and people telling her where to go and what to do. And I mean, at that young of an age, I can't even imagine you're just swept out to sea yeah. <laughs> do this say this be this and, and people idolize that yeah you know? mm -hmm. 
especially young girls and you know and that's a whole nother thing you know with the the brands and the the whole materialism of it all you know a lot of those people get that stuff for free they're not paying for it right and then you go out and expect someone to pay for it <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, it's a and tough just one. the whole value that they put around that. I've never been a celebrity chaser, but you know, I had a girlfriend. That's all she talked about, and it was just the saddest thing to me to think of someone spending their whole life feeling less than because they idolized people who weren't really real. Sure, were were in something that you know. I mean, Tyra Banks is one to say, "Hey, I have cellulite. None of that crap's real." <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge yourself on that because it's it's not obtainable for most. Exactly. It's all, you know, smoke that mirrors. stuff wiggles like jelly. Or is it jam? I forget. I always get that mixed up. Jelly. Do you want to shake like jelly or do you want to shake like jam? Or both? Right. You know, <laughs> what, what do you want? Jelly or jam? Jelly or jam? Mm. I like jelly myself, so... <laughs> You're all right. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> yep. Whatever I can get. No, oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh man. But uh -oh. yeah, so um, you know, we, that's there's so much to talk about there. I don't think we can cover it all in one day because it, there's just so much. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll cover it. We'll cover uh some We'll dissect this a little more in, in, in other episodes for sure. Yeah. But I thought since um, we're stoned, <laughs> I might have to take a break um, and go outside. But I thought we'd talk about some fun cannabis, um, have some cannabis conversation. Let's do it. Since this talk is fueling all of this and, you know, we did some serious stuff. Let's do some silly stuff. Sure. You can't Let's, be uh, too serious for too long. You know that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, so 50% of cannabis users have increased their consumption since the pandemic. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, cannabis sales to female customers have increased by 55%. Why is that, I wonder? Um, I think it's a couple of things. Um, I, I think some of it's menstrual. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, a lot of women suffer. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg had a really, really good um, product line of CBD. Okay. With this lady named Maya. And I guess Whoopi Goldberg's family really suffers. So they had bath bombs, lotions, you name it, tinctures, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, one day... I was doing research for the other podcast and uh, came across uh, a notice from their company saying, we're done. Thanks for being customers. Peace out. Wow. Yeah. Just boom. So I, I don't know what happened, but they were some of the first, if not the first to come out with those type of products for women. Wow. So then add in suppositories, which are wonderful. Um, yeah, so I think it's that. I think uh, this young generation, um, who I am gaining more and more respect for, um, isn't about the bullshit. 
uh, about if they want to have a gummy or not. I think they're the, they're the generation that does gummies as where baby boomers are lotions, you know, the topical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then our generation, we're the potheads. <laughs> yeah, man. We're the flower, roll them up. <laughs> roll it up. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> That's it. And you know, it's funny, and I was going to ask you about this, how you see this. The couple across the street, he smokes, she drinks. My husband drinks, I smoke. It seems like people are either or. Hmm. You'll, sometimes you'll find someone who's both, mm-hmm. but do you do you find it's either or, or do you find a combination? That's a combination. Or, sometimes really? it's, yeah, sometimes a couple that does both. Drink mm-hmm. a little, smoke a little. Okay, yeah, I can see that too. I'm just not a big drinker. Yeah. You know what caught like my... Peter's not a big drinker, <clears throat> so it's funny. His wife does shots with my husband, and then him and I smoke. Oh, Okay. You okay. Because I I can't mix the two. I run a risk of the drunkest I've ever gotten was when I mixed the two. Ooh, yeah. And that's a whole nother story because that poor guy we had we had a night planned and I ended up in his bathroom. Damn. Okay. Sick. <laughs> oh man. Well, I had never I had never mixed the two before. Okay. Well. Yeah. So I talked a lot of shit and then I got super stoned. Yeah. Um, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I so I, I really watched that. Yeah. And now I have a alcohol allergy, so So that mixed that, yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I you know, I I typically um it's either one or the other for me. You know, I, I don't mix the two. I'll, um, okay. That's that's why I was asking, because people yeah. usually don't. Yeah. They're either one or the other. Okay. Yeah. For me, you know, if I'm feeling like I need a drink or something, you know, I'll, I'll take, you know, a, a shot of rum or a shot of whiskey or, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. flavor of the month. And I loved rum. Yeah. I got rum, some. Um, pineapple juice. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I went to Orlando and visited a girlfriend and we stayed at this little resort on the beach and we just drank rum and pineapple juice for like two days straight. We swam, we swam at midnight, like two idiots thinking, Oh, it's so beautiful. We were laying on our backs, looking at the moonlight thinking, Oh, why don't more people swim in the ocean at night? Uh, because they get eaten by sharks. Hello, remember the first part of Jaws? Uh, <laughs> yeah, might get a visitor. Uh, I think about that all the time. It makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I I got some uh, rum. Um, forget the name of it. Um, when I was in Costa Rica, and um, oh. that was some good stuff. Um. And of course, my camera freezes right when I'm talking about that. So. I know. I was. Gonna <laughs> I know your eyes are closed. So yeah, there. Were there you, you praying there you go. when you were talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, it was. It was. It was nice. Um, 
There was this one um, rum that I got that was a. Uh, it had honey in it. Ooh. And it was so smooth, and it was dangerous because you know, something that smooth, you could drink it, and yeah. it just sneaks up on you. And. Uh, oh, I know. I've done that a few times. It's not pretty. Oh man, but it was so good though. It was so good. Um, that's one thing I loved about Mexico is you would walk into like a pottery store and there'd be a guy with his tequila saying, you want to try some? <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm, I don't turn down a shot of tequila ever still to this day. And uh, I bought one bottle. Of course, it was all in Spanish, came home and it was like honey and it was just so good. And I searched the Internet for it. There's no way I can get it, but. I, and then I thought it's good because I would be dangerous with this. Mm. You know, tequila mm. can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I need to give me a bottle of Terramana. That's what I need. <laughs> that's your favorite? Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but I, that's something I've, that's been on my list to get. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, mm. there's three different kinds, but I, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, start with the, with the light first. And see how that goes. Well, my my husband is funny. He's been calling himself a uh, tequila expert, and he's been doing all this research. So when we were in San Diego, we got a special bottle of tequila that this one store had, mm -hmm. um, and he's driven around and gotten different bottles that he searched for. Mm. So I've tried, but he gets mad because I'm like, tastes like the other one. He's like, no. Right, right. But believe it or not, Trader Joe's has a black label one mm. that is top notch, so smooth. We've done a couple of tequila tastings and everybody picks it. Hands down, everybody picks it every time. It has their black label. It's it's their tequila. Um, but it's actually a famous brand and I can't think of it because I'm stoned. But it's very smooth. And it's one of those that you'll be like, oh, why am I this drunk? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, that's one of them sneaks up on you. Yeah. So uh, I wish. Yeah. Oh, I miss drinking. So I mean, <laughs> I, I saw it in the fun facts section um, of cannabis oh, that okay. uh, that um, cannabis ranks among the most fun for sex. Just of course. Study after study has shown that couples who use cannabis have a better sex life. And, you know, yeah. I, I've known somebody that's told me that, and this is weird, don't even ask me how I even got on the subject, but uh, <laughs> this lady, was, we, we were talking about smoking or whatever, and then um, she told me that uh, before she and her husband, you know, go at it or whatever, she'll smoke a joint or two. And mm -hmm. uh, it helps with, uh, you know, release endorphins and, and all this other stuff. And... Uh, and, you know, and she said, you know, her husband is, is kind of an e endowed. So it, uh, it, it makes, makes it more, that, makes it more enjoyable. It, I was like, oh, okay. That's something that oh, I didn't wow. know. Well, then she should turn herself on to the suppositories. Okay. So I actually make them, um, and we can have a whole nother conversation, another podcast about this, but, um, 
cannabis suppositories are wonderful for back pain. Um, you know, you can take them anally or vaginally if you have a vagina. <laughs> I'm looking at yeah. you thinking that doesn't pertain to you. <laughs> but, yeah, no. um, but vaginal wise, <laughs> amazing for cramps, um, but great for sex. For men that might not be able to last as long as they want, it's mm. helpful um, because it has like a, a, a nice numbing, but not really numbing, more stimulating, but a little numbing. Um, sure. And then for women, um, either externally or internally, um, you know, it, it helps them relax and it prolongs the orgasm for both of them. So it's just great all the way around, whether you smoke it, whether you, you know. Well, at that point, it's just all about stamina. Well, or whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, know, once you some indulge people don't in. want stamina. Some people want, you know, quick and great. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, one and done. Yeah, but, but sometimes, you know, but it, it is helpful for that and when I have a bunch of shake, you know, if I have someone who's growing and they give me a bunch of shake, which is the leftover, um, you know, cannabis, mm -hmm. I will decarboxylate it, which is where you get it to that temperature to where you cook it. So the THC comes out mm. and then I will, um, you know, cannabis, once it's decarboxylated, loves fat and oil. So you can do coconut. I usually do an organic coconut oil. Mm. And I steep it and I in a in a crock pot with some water for a couple hours and you'll see it just turn green and then I strain it and then I add in some organic beeswax. Nice. And then I put it in these little molds and I freeze them. Okay. And they are very expensive to buy. Hmm. And I probably make a batch of 25 or 30 and I have them in the freezer. So if someone comes over and they have cramps, um, I, I have them. Or if someone's got back pain or if hubby's in the mood or whatever, then boom, I'm set. You know, that sounds like a business. <laughs> Was that TMI? No. <laughs> we said we'd be raw, so I'm just being honest. No, no, no. Um, I mean, that sounds like a business. Like, legit, like, you know, you could sell that shit and, and you know. Well, you know, um, the cannabis... The cannabis business is very tough. So, you know, I did the podcast, so I did a lot of research. Our podcast was Hey, Wanna Cannabis? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're still learning, right? There's so much to learn about cannabis and cannabinoids and keef and all these different things. Um, and, you know, it was, it's just, it's so much. There's so much there to learn about, but it's such a helpful uh, plant that does so many amazing things and we're just scratching the surface on what it does what it does for epilepsy what it does for autistic children and you know going back to the red tape now that it's legalized let's just use california for instance mm -hmm. they have to go through so much red tape and it's one of the reasons when you go into a dispensary, sometimes you go in and they have everything and you're in la la land. And then you go in another time and it seems like they're out of everything. Mm. It's because they're constantly redoing that red tape. Mm. And it's a lot. 
So when you provide this type of substance, of course, you're going to be under so much regulation. And sure. keep in mind, it's still a Schedule II drug, right? It's right. still up there as if it's heroin, sure. when really all it is is a plant. And no one is doing anything more to it than growing it or drying it. Yeah. Right? You know? And so... Uh, you're still, even though it's going to be legalized, they have problems with banks, right? Mm -hmm. These marijuana companies have huge issues with banks. Um, and, you know, federally, we still need to change a lot of stuff. So I didn't mean for that to be so long. but No, no. I mean, that's, um, that's important information. I mean, you know, yeah, you happen so, to live in a state. So, exactly. And you're in Colorado, so you're in a wonderful, I'm in California, the three mm -hmm. W's, you know. Mm -hmm weed women and weather, weather. that's right oh um, so but you know i see all the taxes when i go to the dispensary and i've spoken to the dispensary people mm -hmm. in fact uh one of the guys who first did a cbd oil for his special needs son he was on 2020 like 15 years ago preaching cbd mm -hmm. um his store is about two miles from my house and mm. He had so many issues with red tape, he almost got shut down. And he's like one of the premier, you know, in the United States type of CBD producer. So yeah. it's a lot. They go through a lot. And if you talk to people in the Emerald Triangle of weed in California, the hippies in the hills that have been doing it for 50 years, they'll tell you, yeah, I don't have to dive when I hear helicopters anymore, but I have so much many taxes and red tape that I don't know if it's worth it Damn it! because they, they had a certain freedom with, you know, just doing it, it and yeah. doing their own shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, there's a great show called weed a kit. Um, one word weed a kit. Mm -hmm. I think it's a travel channel, um, or vibe, something like that wonderful he's out there in the weeds he's getting stoned with you know monks he's <laughs> he's talking to veterans he's marching with them in front of the white house you know and i've got a lot of great information um especially cannabis wise but you know it's it's needs to be talked about everybody's doing it <laughs> over 90 percent of americans think it should be legalized everywhere Johnson and Johnson knows that it's going to be a big deal, uh, medical wise, and they're buying into the cannabis market. Absolutely. I mean, as they should, I mean, so, you know, and they need to do something about all those people that got locked up for selling it and, and so, growing it and, and having it. So, yeah, that's a whole nother. I mean, well, I mean, we can talk about the penal system and prison and, you know, but that alone, you know, <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And now it's legal. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. That's weird because and when I was in New York City, I was just thinking, you know, I, this white guy standing on the corner um, and he was just smoking, just loud in public. Just, and I was just thinking to myself, wow, you know, I can't believe I'm seeing this in my lifetime where someone can just literally just smoke a joint out, you know, out in public. And oh, whereas you if you you'd have done this, you yeah. know, 10, 15 oh. years ago, your ass would have been locked behind bars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, old cops ep episodes sure. where it's a little yeah. roach in their ashtray. Right. You know? Yeah. Just a 
you know. Little, little tiny thin knob when you were desperate. You With were a roach gonna, clip. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I could talk cannabis all day long. Um, I, I just think it's a wonderful thing. And I've seen some shows on what it's done medically. And we know, I mean, it helps with cancer. The the main scientist that did, helped with AIDS, who actually came up with the autoimmune deficiency syndrome, the word, mm-hmm. it has been working on cannabis for years, but he can't get funding. He knows that cancer kills good cells and cannabinoids and other properties in cannabis help create healthy cells. Yeah. There's a wonderful correlation there. But you look at pharmaceutical and there's 600% markup, mm-hmm. you know, and people that are invested. That's why when you see Johnson and Johnson and other companies investing in cannabis, you're like, that's what's up. That's what's, that's what's happening. That's why people are investing in marijuana stocks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's one of the reasons I want to talk about it on this podcast, because um, I think it's important. Uh, so many yeah. absolutely yeah you know and it's fun yeah that's for it damn takes sure. my bitch level down <laughs> <laughs> you want me to smoke that joint smoke <laughs> the joint need me to smoke. <laughs> smoke it light them up i mean think about it if we if everybody was a little more stoned don't you think the world would be a better place yeah yeah yeah, it'd be different for sure. I don't know if I want that shit in the White House, but I mean, you need to have some of your faculties intact, you know. Well, yeah. I well, I mean, okay, yes and no. Yeah. That brings up a really good point. If you had chronic pain, mm-hmm. would you rather take an opioid? which is oh, going to no. have six different side mm-hmm. effects. Yeah, or no. if you had a pen, right? Uh-huh. If you had a THC vape pen mm-hmm. that would release a certain dosage that you can monitor on your phone, mm-hmm. PAX, PAX is one of these companies. And it really, and so when you puffed it, you knew you wouldn't get more than 0.5 or 0.6 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can regulate your day. Yeah. I, that's a, it would help your pain. Yeah. You it's know, a good and use that's, case. That, that's something that we need to acknowledge is, you know, there's still this old stigma that people get stoned and they sit in mom's basement and never accomplish shit in their life. Remember that old commercial? Yeah. Where I he's mean, out in the basement and his, his mom's calling down to him and he's like. I mean, certainly there were people out there that, you know, that that happened, but that's not really, you know, that's that's not a. Statistically, yeah. it's not realistic. Yeah. There's many people that function, you know, people think back to the dime bag way back in the day when we had shit weed. We don't have shit weed. We have scientifically sophisticated weed. We have organic weed. We have people that are in the fields, have been in the fields for generations mm-hmm. who know what vegetables to plant next to certain strains, mm-hmm. right? We also have sativa, mm-hmm. we have indica, and we have hybrid. Mm-hmm. Sativa if you want to clean your house and do dishes and dance and have a good time, sativa is your best friend. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch a movie and chill and not worry about anything, then indica. And hybrid is the best of both. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, and and they're finding that people aren't getting fat who smoke weed. It's yeah. actually the opposite. A lot of athletes are now coming forward and saying <laughs> that marijuana helps with their workouts. Sure. Well, I mean, if you need the calories and you burn it off working out, yeah, for sure. Or if, if, like I said, that sativa helps you through your sets while you're listening to music and you're just vibing, having a great time. Mm-hmm. What's the matter that, you know? Yeah. It's wonderful. So the benefits, and then you, you go into the subject of hemp. Mm-hmm. Uh, hemp is clothing, paper, you know, before devil's lettuce and all this other stuff, which, you know, there's two different stories with that. We, it was used for everything. You had to, by law, grow hemp in your fields. Mm. And our presidents exchanged gifts. We actually did a podcast on this where they were actually exchanging marijuana gifts to each other. So we don't know what those gifts were, which made us laugh. You know, was it brownies? Was it bread? Was it, you know? It's a box um, of blunts. Yeah, and one of the first (laughs) trademarks, the first trademark in America was one of the hemp uh, digging metal type um, tools that they used out in the fields. So cannabis has a rich history that hit a stigma, got a schedule to, and, you know, luckily we're starting to change that. They're finding out that Colorado and California and other states that legalize are not only bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars, but people aren't crashing into things and dying. No, it's one of the safest places to be. Well, we're not out driving. I, you know, I would prefer people smoke marijuana than drink because we know people... Right. Drive drunk. I mean, even you know, <laughs> we don't have any. If I smoke a little, related, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be out and about if I'm smoking. I'm not going to be out and about. I'm ordering from DoorDash. Exactly. Pie at 10:30 at night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I for sure. My chips, you know. I mean, it's or my movie or whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I see. I have a young one, so I have to sneak outside. Do you, oh, you have your pen, so you don't have to sneak. No, I have. I'm, I'm in the comforts of my, my, my uh, studio here, so I can. All day long. All day long. <laughs> Not a care in the world. <laughs> well, I like, so I go through phases. You know, I love my pen. I have it next to my bedstand. I have an Indica one in case I can't sleep. Um, and then outside, my husband built me this really cool uh, gardening, like, dresser thing out in the back for all my gardening tools. Mm-hmm. And I have a pot drawer. <laughs> so I go out, and, oh, I'm going to take the dogs out, have them potty, go to my pot drawer, grab my pipe or my or a joint, and then I go on the side. And then I come back, and on my garden center next to my pot drawer is um, Febreze. <laughs> So then I Febreze myself <laughs> and then I go inside and change my shirt and wash my hands because my daughter will pick it up on it. She'll pick up on it. Yep. She'll pick it up. She'll make some remark like, Ooh, you smell or, you know, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. So, so I have to be incognito Yeah. or I wait till she goes to sleep, which is majority of the time. And then I come in and, I usually want to watch something funny. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you do when you're stoned? Are you are you a listen to music? Are you watch a movie? Are you chill? Does your wife smoke? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, she, you know, is she a drinker? And she can't do that. She, yeah, I think she might have some kind of allergic reaction to alcohol or certain types of alcohol. So she doesn't really do any of that. But uh, I'll smoke and drink um, on occasion. And, you know. Right, you were going to save for the both of us. <laughs> what? Shit. No way, man. That would, shit. I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't be any good. Let me tell you that if uh, I did that. Uh, yeah, I'd be dancing around all day. And with my ADD, I get distracted as it is. That's why I took so long. <laughs> mm. I passed down the hallway, put in a load of laundry, <laughs> saw something else, went in there, went outside to take the dogs, grabbed the joint, and then I discovered there was a box of gloves that I had to put away. So then mm. I came inside and saw something else, and I just got really distracted. That's what's up. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we've... Uh... We've covered a lot today. Um, we have. Maybe we should close it out, and um, we'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about next time. For sure. Well, yeah, um, maybe, maybe we'll touch on bipolar or uh, tell a couple funny stoner stories. Anything's game. Anything's game. So you know. That's true. We're we're open books, right? That's right. <laughs> so you know, you never know what you're going to get. You just you know, you tune in. You know, well, that brings up what we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. So at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about whether this was number one, episode one or episode two or episode three. What happened was <laughs> we decided <laughs> to get really stoned, get online and just talk and with no do. format, nope. no clue, apparently no shame on my end. And we talked shit for what? How long was it? Three hours. Three hours. Now, yeah. the thing is, we went everywhere. We, we went everywhere, upside down, over. I said way too much, probably. So it could be a good, what, three episodes? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. a lot of material lot there. there. So we're trying to decide what to do, because unless you all, as our audience, are super stoked, she might not be able to follow along. Right, right. So, <laughs> I mean. And I don't remember much, so I still need to. Um, whoop, hang on, I got to plug it in. I didn't realize I was unplugged. And maybe we'll take some excerpts from different things and incorporate them. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely the plan. So, okay. tune in. You might get a, a, a snippet of a. The debauchery or the the craziness that was uh that was had that night well let's just say he asked if i wanted to keep it <laughs> so that goes to tell you and i don't even remember but yeah. we claim we're raw so unless it's really bad um we'll probably keep it and you know i'm all about shock value so i got no shame in my game none here so you know okay Okay, well, until next time. We will see you guys in the next puff. one. Take a puff. Breathe <laughs> out. <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass, man. <laughs> right on.
see you guys in the next episode. And we're out. Yeah, we're done.